as with all of the sessions this year, we have a, a little uh, interlude at the beginning uh, for around the theme of cha making change and change makers. And I'm delighted that we're going to be able to introduce one of our change makers who's going to talk uh, for 10 minutes about what she's been up to. S Stella Duffy here. She's written 13 novels, over 50 short stories. And, and she's done 10 plays. She's uh, twice won the Stonewall Writer of the Year and twice won the CWA short story, Dagger. Yes, yeah, Crime Rights Association, yes. hence the Dagger. Um, and she's a theatre maker and a theatre director, um, but now runs something which sort of combines all of that, which is Fun Palace's campaign. And... Stella was trying to, uh, explaining it to me, and in my poor layman's terms, it's bringing arts and culture, but not necessarily curriculum, all into one place uh, for all communities, not sort of singling out specific sort of maker communities, but trying to get everyone involved. But you're much better place <laughs> to talk about it. So over to you, Stella. Thank you, Mark. Hello. Hello. Um, change. Okay, so I, oh, fuck knows, I don't know. I, they said, did you want to be a change maker? And I said, yes, yeah, sounds great. Um, but I don't know what that means. What it means to me is I'm 52. Uh, in my 20s, I was mostly an actor and directed a bit and wrote a bit because as a woman in theatre, obviously, there's no work for you. So you have to end up writing. And in my 30s, I was mostly a novelist. Um, and then that was great and I enjoyed that. But I never, you know, was making um, the hundreds of thousands of pounds that everyone assumes novelists were, which is bit of a shame. Um, and then I sort of joined those two things up in my 40s by becoming um, a theatre director. But then uh, in the year that I turned 50... What happened was that um, I'd been working with a large group of people, about 30 people on and off, aged between 17 and 70, creating a large ensemble piece. Does anyone know about open space format for meetings? Yeah? Okay. So those of you who do, um, find out from the other people because it's the only way to ever have a meeting, even a conference. Sorry, conference organisers. Anyway, the point is that um, we were working over a three-year period creating a piece in open space with this really huge range of people and I realised that I needed to find out more about working in ensembles. So I started reading up on the work of the theatre director, Joan Littlewood. Um, those of you who know Joan's work will know about Oh, What a Lovely War, Things Ain't What They Used To Be, but for my money, the really interesting stuff that Joan Littlewood was doing was in the community. And they didn't call it community theatre then. This was in the 30s and 40s and 50s. And they didn't call it community arts. And they certainly didn't call it, you know, stuff that we fly in, somebody who's brilliant and make all the local kids feel stupid. What they did was that they were all about what can we do to increase access to our local people. So, in about 1958, Joan Littlewood and uh, the architect Cedric Price, along with the cybernetician Gordon Pasch, oh, the days of cyberneticians, the cybernetician Gordon Pasch came up with this idea of the Fun Palace, one venue to house them all. And it was going to be on the Lee Valley Estate because Joan Littlewood realised that no one from the East End was ever going to go into the West End, not just because they couldn't afford it, not just because working class people didn't feel that, that they had the money to go uptown but because they didn't feel those venues and those buildings welcome them and you know what as a girl from a small um, born in Woolwich and grew up in a small town in New Zealand I still don't think those buildings are very welcoming to me or to most people and so what Joan was about was creating a space where people are where they want them in fact maybe they aren't welcoming to me because the first thing I say is fuck but anyway um, they wanted a space that that would bring everything together arts and sciences technology and culture and they had this dream that you might walk in into a space because you were going for a drink down the end and over there would be a lecture on mechanics and you pop in because you needed to know how to fix your bike but over here would be an amazing woman singing an aria from an opera you'd never heard of and you'd never heard of opera but what would be really exciting would be that when she finished singing beautifully and you might never have heard opera before in your life 
she'd get off the stage and she'd ask you if you want to learn a bit. So it's not about keeping the performers and the participants separate. It's not about saying some people are brilliant and some people are a bit shit. It's not about someone standing on a dais and talking to you like they're brilliant and a change maker and more important than you are because you know that's bullshit and so do I. So the fun palace never happened. No one ever built it because of course it was going to cost too much money and it was going to be a really bad idea. But Last year was Jane Littlewood's centenary. It was the 100th anniversary of her birth. And I decided, along with a bunch of other people, that we could try and make some fun palaces. We'd say to local people, would you like to create something where you live, where you are? Something that enabled people to work with technology, with sciences, with arts, but the guts of it, crucially, made by and for their locality by themselves. And this is what happened, and we're going to show you a short film now. We wanted to make things that were free, local, innovative, transformative and engaging and we have done all five of those to the power of 138. They opened the gates and in they came. They never stopped. Hundreds and hundreds of people I've never ever seen before. We will have the Astronomical Society coming in for a, a talk about uh, the sky. Our choir have baked cakes and we've got a, a fundraiser for the choir from the cakes that they've all made. Uh, rapping. Film workshop, people teaching the basics of BSL, uh, which is a sign of communication language. There was um, a food fight. Everyone they had pots made, there'd be drawing competitions for children, and everyone was just so warm and welcoming. Scientist area, and uh, they do all the chemicals and everything, and the burns and burners, and the acids and all, that's quite interesting. The fact that it's the first time for us seeing this new building has been wonderful. I learned how to make fights with a flint and steel. Oh, there's lovely mermaids. And we've got Anne's uh, kitchen chemistry area here, and we've got a forensic science area back there, and I've got a science art gallery upstairs. What people forget about science is it's very similar to art. It's all about asking questions. I'm passionate about the art science interface, so for me, this was such a wonderful opportunity to be able to showcase I didn't really know until I walked through the door what to expect. The excitement and the buzz was terrific. You just have to watch the children and hear the level of excitement to know that it's a good, good event. to see local businesses and local people just trying to have a bit of fun. So much stigma about the town is <coughs> not. There's so much good stuff going on. Oh, that's we were kind of given the option to volunteer. It's kind of a local creative place. These people away from their phones. Like, everyone's just always technology. Every single fun palace I've been to has a real flavour of the people there. It's lovely.
lovely to see people get yeah. together and come out on Saturday and explore parts of Farnham I've never seen before and meet people I, I don't usually see. You know, getting the audience involved in everything, it was really fun. Be able to just open the doors and say, come in and do whatever you want has been really exciting for us and really freeing. They have to, I think, is remind people and provoke communities to think about what's relevant for them. How do children and people develop without culture? Crazy people. So uh, that's what happened. That was a pilot. We totally didn't expect it. I had a novel to finish and two plays to direct. It's taken over my life, and that's really brilliant. Um, I also had my second breast cancer last year, and I still let it take over my life because I didn't come into the arts to make money, clearly. I'm a novelist and a theatre maker. I came into the arts because I was a working-class girl who didn't know that my life could be as changed as it was till that day when I was 15 years old and someone who was the big brother of someone I went to school with came to our school and did a school play and I thought, oh my God, someone like me can be an actor. Someone whose dad works in the same mill as my dad can be an actor. And I came into the arts to change the world, to make a difference and to include everybody. And I don't believe that you didn't do that either. I don't believe that a room full of creatives doesn't want to make a difference. And I don't believe that we can't make a difference. But we might need to do it a bit more together than we are. It's really exciting to be invited to a conference like this where people who don't normally work together are talking together. I invite you to talk to us at Fun Palaces with any ideas you want to share, anything you want us to share with the local Fun Palace. People used it last year for R&D. But more than that, I invite you to challenge yourself to just... Talk to some strangers. My life has opened up so much from talking to more strangers. Not people who did what I did, not people who work in, my, in the media or the arts, but complete strangers. Strangers are great. Thank you very much. <laughs>